You're now listening to PopcoNet, the only cult of pop culture. Yo, what is up, people? Welcome back to PopcoNet, the only cult of pop culture. And on this episode, I'm going to be talking about two of my favorite shows from 2019, The Witcher and The Mandalorian. 2019 was a really strong year for movies and TV and anime, but I'm so ready for 2020 and I'm so ready for a new decade, guys. I'm so ready to get this party started. 2020 is going to be an awesome year for PopcoNet. So if you guys are not already subscribed to the pod, I highly recommend you guys doing that right now. And if you don't mind while you listen to the pod and you like what you hear, please rate and review. I would highly appreciate it. Also, you can find me on Twitter at PopcoNet and all my other socials as well as PopcoNet is on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere you can find social media. But uh, anyways, this episode will contain spoilers. So if you guys haven't seen this uh, NAD seasons yet, I highly recommend you guys coming back. So please bookmark and uh, join the party later. But uh, with all that being said, let's get straight to it. And the first one I want to talk about is The Witcher. So The Witcher is based off a book series and a video game. The books are based off Andres Pasowski's uh, books. And this show is created by Lauren Swissridge. And this cast consists of Henry Cavill, he plays Geralt of Rivia. Most of you guys know him from DC Superman. He was in Batman vs. Superman, uh, Man of Steel, and Justice League. He was also in a Mission Impossible Fallout. He was the big buff guy fighting Tom Cruise in that bathroom, which was an awesome scene. Uh, this cast also has Anya Charlotra and Freya Allen. They play Yennefer and Ciri. So the synopsis of this show is The Witcher follows the story of Geralt of Rivia, a solitary monster hunter who struggles to find his place in a world where people often prove more wicked than monsters and beasts. So man, um, this trailer dropped a couple of months ago and my first thoughts after seeing that was like, uh, this looks pretty good. I saw a lot of people complaining about Henry Cavill's uh, wig. It was very distracting. And uh, I saw some weird complaints, but I thought the trailer was fun. I actually liked it a lot and I was looking forward to it. I got into The Witcher by playing a video game uh, a couple years ago and I fell in love with it. I mean, it kind of reminded me of like uh, Zelda because I don't have a Nintendo anymore. So um, being able to play like an action adventure uh, RPG game like this and leveling up and learning new magic and just you know changing costumes all that stuff was really really fun to me playing the witcher 3 and whenever they announced this show uh, i was super stoked about it and i hopped on the bandwagon pretty late so i'm playing the witcher 3 and i don't really know what's going on so uh it was really good news to hear that this took place before all that so this is like the prequel uh, I found out how Jennifer became, uh, you know, she was a hunchback and, you know, the story about Siri and how Geralt became a witcher. All that stuff was pretty exciting for me to get into it. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to get into some more likes. So uh, my first like is that Henry Cavill became Geralt. I mean, to the point that it was very distracting early into the season. Uh, I just kept watching him like, damn, like this motherfucker is. Geralt of Rivia like I'm so used to him being Superman and to see this like switch out of nowhere was <laughs> really distracting at first but um I think around episode three is when everything like started to soak in and uh, I started to unsee Superman with a wig on and with a sword but I really thought that was pretty fun for him to be it and he really was into it he looked like he had a lot of fun being a new character and you know stepping away from DC Superman and becoming Geralt uh, another thing that I liked was the sword choreography. 
Now it's been a long time since I've seen sword choreography like this. I would say the strongest episode for the choreography was in episode one. So that was a little disappointing that we saw such a really good sword fight um, in episode one and it kind of coasted out throughout the rest of the episodes. But I really enjoyed it. Um, I think the last good sword fight I probably saw was in Game of Thrones or maybe a samurai film or something like that. So that's very disappointing. I mean, um, one of my biggest things about shows is like if a guy has a sword and he knows how to use it, I am all in. I fucking love sword play. And this show definitely did that for me. But I also like the side quest feel. Um, a lot of people didn't like the fluff episodes, but I didn't mind it. Um, I kind of like the anthology feel to the show. It was kind of like, okay, now we're going here. Now we're going there. And then we get back to the plot. I didn't mind that at all. And I really enjoyed the character development in the show, especially with Yennefer. Uh, Geralt and Ciri, for season one, it was okay, but Yennefer stole the show for me. It was really fun seeing her go from hunchback to badass mage by the end of the season. And her kind of regretting the whole thing in the process. That was really fun. Uh, the world building was fun as well. And for me, being a Game of Thrones fan and coming to this show and having to learn a whole new set of territories and you know creatures and magic spells and all that stuff was really fun it was kind of overwhelming at first but i'm having fun uh learning all this new lore and stuff uh the set pieces were really fun uh and the lore like i said again the creatures the kikimora the striga the golden dragon really fun the genie doppelganger all that man and centra nilfgaard so much fun man I, I i could go on for hours about all the things that happen in the show uh I really like the score. The score was on point. Uh, the costume designs were really well as well. And my favorite episodes were probably episode three. I think that was uh, Jennifer's origin story. And five through eight were all solid. Um, my only problem with one of the episodes is that I didn't really want to compare the show to Game of Thrones because I was like, that's not really fair to do that. It's two separate entities. But one episode in particular was the like the incest episode. I was like, really? first thing i thought of was jamie lannister and and uh, cersei lannister i was like okay now i can't help but compare it. uh i thought the uh, episode about the the guy being a dragon the whole time that was really fun i i love that um i can honestly say i didn't really see the plots or him being a dragon that was really fun maybe i wasn't paying attention to enough but that was a really fun episode and the finale episode when yennefer went ham that was pretty well cool as well uh she set everybody on fire and they really don't know what happened to her but so much happened in this season and i could go on for hours about talking about my favorite things but the pod must go on but my dislikes my first dislike that i did not like the most was the time jumps i mean hopefully in season two whenever they do a time jump from now on they're like a couple years later or a couple years earlier something because i was a little confused about the plot line when they showed us a uh, series uh, mom and dad and Geralt was there and the grandma was alive. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I had to put two and two together and I was so confused. And they did that several times in a season and it really threw me off. So that really irked me. And I hope they uh, learn from their mistake. I mean, this is the first season, so they're going to hear about what the fans say and they're going to see what happened right and what happened wrong. So hopefully they uh, cut out the confusion with that. Um, I really thought the first episode was really rough my biggest complaint was the first episode was the dialogue was a little too video gamey it was a lot of just sounds it was like huh uh, what and it really didn't feel like um henry cavill got a chance to act it felt like he was imitating Geralt. he really didn't become Geralt until 
uh, I believe episode three or four, but that was really distracting as well. But the dialogue got a lot stronger as the season went on and you could tell that they probably made a cute, uh, a few switches as the season went on. Uh, it was really convoluted and expo exposition heavy um, throughout the show, but I know what they they're trying to do. They're trying to like wrap up, you know, like the introduction and get straight to the big plot. But uh, it was very confusing and kind of hard to follow along. And I had to put the captions on because I didn't know what the hell they were saying sometimes. But overall, really good, solid first season. And I had fun watching it. And they have a really good series on their hands. I mean, I feel like Netflix was always searching for their quote unquote Game of Thrones. And they finally got it. And I think they're doing a really good thing with this. Henry Cavill was an awesome casting for Geralt. And he seems like he's up for it. And they're already confirmed season two. And I heard season two is going to be like whenever Siri begins her training at Kaer Morhen. And I heard that Mark Hamill wants to be Vesemir. Vesemir is pretty much uh, Geralt's, I guess, father figure. But he's pretty much his, uh, I guess, his trainer. Um, but yeah, that'd be awesome to have Mark Hamill part of this universe. And I mean, he knows how to pick some really good, good roles. I mean, he's pretty much one of the most popular guys to play joker and he's fucking luke skywalker so to have him on the witcher would be a big flex for netflix and to have him become part of that universe and also it'd be a big fuck you to disney plus or uh disney because he was really mad about how they did luke skywalker and uh the most recent trilogy so this would be a big fuck you to disney because he could have came back and did like a series on disney plus or anything like that but he chose netflix so uh, I think he's still upset about how to handle his character and this would be a good payback for him. But let's switch over to The Mandalorian, the first big show on Disney Plus. In my opinion, the only reason to have Disney Plus. So it was a lot of pressure on this show going into it because, I mean, other than like nostalgia, this is all that Disney Plus has to offer in my opinion. And it definitely delivered. This show takes uh, takes place five years after The Return of the Jedi. It's written by Jon Favreau. The directors are Dave Filoni. You may know him from working on the Clone Wars. Uh, Rick Famuyiwa, uh, Deborah Chow. She's directing the Obi Wan series on Disney Plus. Taika Waititi himself and Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, the cast consists of Pedro Pascal. He is the Mandalorian. Gina Carano. She plays Cara Dune. She's a former UFC fighter. I haven't really seen any of her fights, so I may have to go back and do my research. And Carl Weathers. He plays Grief Karga. And he was in Rocky. He played as Apollo Creed. So going into this, I had high expectations because I'm a huge Boba Fett fan. So to see a Mandalorian series pop out of, out of nowhere, I was really excited to see how this came out. And the casting of Pedro Pascal had me excited. Um, the trailer was really good. I could tell that they put a lot of money in the show by the trailer because it looked amazing. It looks just like the show. So... Um, I had high expectations going in and I absolutely loved it. So some of my likes was seeing that Disney Plus successfully pulled off this show and they needed this because this fan base at this time right now is really divided. Um, at this point in time, everybody is either loving Rise of Skywalker or hating it. And it's getting to the point in this fandom that it's becoming like a political party. You have your... You know, the original Star Wars truthers and everything else sucks. You have a set of fans that now like the prequels and you have a set of fans that still hate the prequels. 
You have a set of fans that thinks uh, Force Awakens was amazing. You have people that thinks it's trash. And it's absolutely divided. So they absolutely needed this show to be a success. And I think they did it. Um, for what I've been seeing on the internet, a lot of Star Wars fans are really into this direction and finally trying to get away from the Skywalker saga. So I feel like they need to stay in this area, but also get past you know what happened after the rise of skywalker and you know t uh pretty much unlocked the untapped territory instead of you know mining uh the original trilogy and you know stuff that's going on right now uh i also like how they captured the essence of star wars um a lot of these episodes felt like akira cover sour films and that's why i love star wars is that i always see you know like shinobi vibes and samurai vibes and all that and Star Wars kind of has me wanting to check out Westerns. I'm not really a Western guy, but a lot of these episodes really felt like they were filmed to be, you know, replicas of old Western movies. So that was really fun to see them actually try to get back to the basis of what made Star Wars Star Wars in the beginning. Uh, another one of my likes is Baby Yoda. Oh, my God. Like the first time I saw this kid, I fell in love. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was hearing stories about this is going to be about the Mandalorian, you know, saving a kid and, you know, trying to deliver him back to his parents or whatever the original plot of the show was. But I had no idea that that kid was going to be baby Yoda. And I will never forget the moment when we saw him, you know, doing a little ET point back at the Mandalorian and the episode ends. I absolutely loved that episode and for that moment. And man, I really don't know what they're going to do with baby yoda but the possibilities are endless and i'm loving everything that i'm hearing but baby yoda definitely made the show pretty much a success to me everybody's obsessed with this little guy already um i also enjoyed all the new characters like cara dune oh man r.i.p quill he was my favorite character quill they had to let him go but that's what i love about the show is that they're willing to take risk and take out some of the popular characters and the show they killed off Takawatiti's IG-11 which was also an amazing episode in the finale and oh my god such an amazing series like I'm I'm starting to just oh, I, I want to rewatch it now also the score is a fucking bop composed by Ludwig Yurisan yo this guy is the fucking goat he worked on Childish Gambino's Redbone and he composed songs on the Black Panther movie Oh my God. Like anytime this show come on, I'm in my room like boom, 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 doo, doo, doo. <laughs> just jamming out to the intro. I never skip it. It's fucking fire. I absolutely love uh, his composing and I'm looking forward to seeing what else he does uh, in the future. He's a really awesome guy. Uh, I also like learning about the uh, Mandalorians. I feel like a lot of the history is going to be, you know, uh, described or unlocked throughout this season so that's gonna be fun figuring out who the mandalorians actually are and it has me actually going back to check out the clone wars series i never checked it out so i'm really going back to rewatch or actual watch the clone wars to see if i can learn a little bit more about the mandalorians uh i like the adventure feel to this it kind of reminded me of like a good old space adventure uh going here going to this planet going here running going on a heist it was really fun uh, sci-fi adventure, to be honest. And I also like how they left a lot of room for Mando to grow as a character. I saw a lot of complaints online saying that we really didn't learn anything about Mando. Uh, what's his what's his goals? What is, I'm like, yo, just chill out. People are getting too nitpicky with everything these days. I mean, they left room for him to grow as a character. 
even though he's a horrible father figure, he drops Yoda, he uh, leaves him here and there. And I mean, that's a different story, but it left him a lot of room to grow as a bounty hunter and as a character. So I'm looking forward to seeing the future of Mando. Uh, some of my favorite episodes were chapter two, uh, the child. This was the first time we saw the precious child, baby Yoda. Uh, use his powers uh, when he helped Mando fight that mud horn. That was an awesome episode. Chapter three, the sin, when Mando had to go back and save Baby Yoda uh, for fucking up and you know giving him back to you know the uh, the client I believe his name was. And it was also a cool climax to see all the other Mandalorians come in and help him. Uh, I liked episode six, the prisoner, the uh, the heist episode. That was so much fun. One of my most favorite episodes. And Bill Burr's characters. Uh, his character was really fun. The guy with all the guns on his back. I like that character design. And I like how they left those guys uh, in the show. They didn't really kill them off. So we're probably going to see them in the future. I also like Chapter 7, The Reckoning. Uh, it was the first time we saw Baby Yoda use Force Hill. And damn, it was the episode that Quill died. So sad, man. R.I.P. Quill. Um, but I did like how they dropped this episode right before Rise of Skywalker to kind of show us Force Hill and not have us shocked that ray used it in the rise of skywalker but people were still mad of course this is the star wars fandom these days and finally episode eight redemption oh my god one of my most favorite episodes in television history there's so many moments in this show or in this episode alone that i would never ever forget from beginning to end, fucking flawless. The scouts hitting Baby Yoda, joking around about not being able to shoot shit. Uh, you know, Mando and the game being pilt, pent down in the little bar and they're getting shot at. And, you know, uh, Grief, Grief Karga taking shots before they leave. Uh, um, Mando finally getting his pack. Uh, dang, IG-11 dies. I mean, it was so many things that happened in this. And then we finally... I guess I can't say finally because I never watched Rebels. We saw the the Dark Saber, which has me wanting to watch Rebels now. That was a genius move to get people directed into watching Rebels to see what the lightsaber at the end was about. And my most favorite thing about the show is that we really didn't have to rely on Jedi or lightsabers or anything like that to have a successful show. Um, and I hope they keep that up. There's a lot of things that in the Star Wars universe that I'm interested in there, not focused around Jedi's. I love Jedi, I love lightsabers, but I would like to see, you know, stuff like Rogue One and stuff like this has me excited about the future of, of Star Wars. Um, as far as dislikes, um, I guess I don't really have any dislikes. I can't really go in here and cap or lie about having dislikes. I really don't have any dislikes about the show, but I did see that um, people didn't like the fluff episodes, but it's a TV show for, oh my God, people kill me these days. It's a TV show. I understand fluff episodes here and there just to, you know, stretch out the episode. You can't have every episode be a banger, but, uh, I didn't really mind the fluff episodes in this one, but man, overall amazing first season from the Mandalorian and Deborah Chow, she directed a few of my favorite episodes and i'm so looking forward to the obi-wan series now i think she's gonna kill it i think she's gonna do a really good job with the obi-wan series and who knows uh, i saw some news about them making a darth maul series Psh, bro darth maul has his own live action series i'm all in on that i cannot wait and i hope it's true
But yeah, man, 2019 was a really good year for shows, movies, TV, anime, everything. I really had fun in 2019, and I hope you guys did too. And like I said at the beginning of the pod, 2020 is going to be so much fun. And if you guys have sticking around to the very end of this pod, you guys obviously like the pod. So please, please leave a review, like, anything like that. I will highly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe to the pod if you're not already subscribed. But uh, my closing thoughts. Um, so the streaming war. I mean, The Witcher versus The Mandalorian. Is it fair? I can't say it's fair, but you could put Netflix against Disney. And I think Netflix is still winning. Uh, Disney has a long way to go before they catch up to Netflix. They have to release multiple shows at the same time. This one show at a time, I don't think it's sustainable. So we have The Mandalorian that just ended. I think the next big show that they have coming out is Clone Wars, uh, the following season, wherever they're at. And what's next after that? I hope, hopefully they get to the point they're dropping two shows or three shows at a time instead of just one and done. And yeah, but that's my closing thoughts on, you know, Disney Plus and Netflix and all that mess. But I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. And I thank you guys for sticking around and listening to me. So um, if you guys want to keep the conversation going, please hit me up on Twitter at PopcornNet. And with that being said, I'll see you guys next time. Peace.